How's it going, John? What's up, Danny boy? How you going, buddy? Welcome to the mm-hmm. High Jiu-Jitsu Story Show. This is episode 21. Um, and yes, I left the cat out of the bag a little bit too early there. But we have Danny Wilmot online here over uh, Zencaster. Danny, how you going, my man? Good, man. Just enjoying some sun in Sydney Park. Um, going to do some exercise after this. Knees over toes and some pull-ups. Yeah, feeling good. A little bit of a late wake-up. I like it. So, I like it. For everybody uh, listening, we scheduled a podcast with Danny for 10 a.m. And 10 a.m.-ish came around. And we tried to open the video, and Danny's at the park, and all I can see is his forehead, right? He's lying down on the grass. Uh, all we can see is his forehead. So I've decided to not record the video. So we're going to go on the audio for the moment, which is okay. Now, Danny boy, tell me, um, it's we're in, we're in lockdown, right? You know, 10th week of lockdown, whatever it's been. Um, we had a little chat. The other day, and we've been discussing this knees over toes program. Let's start there. What what have you been doing with that? How's it been helping you? It's actually brilliant. Um, it's kind of surprised me a little bit because the exercises are relatively straightforward uh, and easy to understand in terms of where you need to position yourself and what you need to do. Um, and yeah, I've just been doing those uh, free movements you showed me from the zero program along with the uh to so the atg uh split squat is that what it's called i can't remember but um Most yeah, definitely, yeah it's been really good uh, my quads have been hit hard and i feel really good afterwards my quads are getting nice and strong and i my knees just feel brilliant schmick eh quadzillas we're going to be calling Danny the Quadzilla when he comes back. <laughs> Strong doubt it. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah uh, I'm being, I've also been enjoying it. I did a morning session uh, of the Zero program with the crew. And it was really, it's really, really fun. What I like, especially, I also, you said the ATG split squat, the KOT squat, knees over toes squat is epic. And today I... Managed to get lower and lower using the proper, hopefully the proper technique. One thing that's really cool is uh, videoing it. So when you do it, you video it and you have a look and you can see like where you're doing well, where you're not doing so well. I've been, uh, I've been... good to hear Danny. So you've been getting yeah. out much um, over this? I have a little bit, bro. Uh, we just come down. to the park in the morning and um, there's a good little exercise area in Sydney Park with some bars and like some high high benches where we can like do different kind of exercises on. It's really nice to get some sun. Um, we go there most mornings when I'm not working. Um, and but other than that, bro, uh, it's just you know trying to keep busy. There's not a whole lot to do, so we just uh, keep ourselves occupied the best ways we can. Making sure to do a little bit of exercise every day, of course. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah and um, so, all right. So, we're this far into it, and we're trying to keep busy. 
And jiu-jitsu is, unless you do it with your uh, inexperienced ballet dancing partner, then it might not be possible to do jiu-jitsu, right? <laughs> so now that we're in this situation, what do you miss more than anything what about What do I miss, did you say? Yeah. Um, yeah. You take it for granted a little bit, but uh, when you when you have it, but it's actually just being in a room full of people who all love the same thing, and just, you know, putting the world aside for a second and having a good good grapple, trying to choke each other out, and trying to find the easiest path with good mechanics is always fun, you know. Like, Working on working on a goal, working on getting better. There's a lot of things to miss, I think. Yeah. What's the biggest one that you that you feel right now? I think purpose, like working on a goal, working on getting better, um, is the biggest thing that's missing. Because yeah. right now, I think everyone's feeling a little bit lost, and I'm certainly feeling it quite a lot. I think. Like the camaraderie, but also the personal goals are the two. They're equal to me. I, I miss them both quite dearly, actually. Uh. Oh, yeah, I feel you, man. That's um, that's a big thing. So you raise this idea of of purpose. Um, what does that mean? What does is jujitsu your purpose? Like, what what is it? Why? Do you feel like you're doing jiu-jitsu? Like what, what is the purpose that jiu-jitsu is offering for you? I think you can find purpose in anything, but I just really connect with jiu-jitsu um, because of its philosophy and the way you can approach it. I, I think it's an extremely personal thing. You could kind of do it how you want to do it uh, in some ways, maybe not in others. Um, but that does provide some sense of uh, individual kind of aspect and you can really find your home in your own mechanics and the way you move. And it's a constant pursuit of perfection to do, like, and it's all about your body in relation to someone else's. I find that really, really enjoyable. And I also... I think that is a great opportunity to share with people like your knowledge or you listen to someone else's knowledge and it's just a great platform to learn and get better people you like so that adds a lot of Mm -hmm. of all right so in the absence to what we do yeah like, so in the absence of this platform, what are some other things you've been learning, putting your mind on, like outside of jiu-jitsu? And maybe it doesn't even have to mean lockdown, right? Like in a, in a, in a state of lockdown, even outside of jiu-jitsu. Like let's say you took jiu-jitsu, the jiu-jitsu platform outside of this. Um, what are some other ways you've kind of learned and um, applied yourself to like which which parts have you applied yourself to um, previously or do you still do it's interesting 
question. Um, Jiu-Jitsu has kind of been my priority, I would say, since I started it four years ago. I think I had a dramatic shift from the life I was living before. And I started to the life I'm living now, and pretty much everything that I do is to support Jiu-Jitsu, or I'm always at least thinking about it in some way, how I can apply, I guess, the mindset of Jiu-Jitsu to everything almost. Um, but if I'm going to answer the question, I suppose um, always been interested in uh, athletic endeavors. Uh, so always trying to work on improving just my, myself physically, not necessarily in athletics, but feeling good, feeling healthy, feeling strong. So I'm in the absence of jiu-jitsu, I suppose I would say I'm, I'm focused on that. Um, but of course, jiu-jitsu does help with that too. What would you say about if I was to ask yeah. you the, the same question? No, well, my, my point, like what I'm getting to is how, okay, so let's say the knees over toes program. Right, we're both applying ourselves to it, and today with the ATG split squat, I had I was doing some using weights with it, and it was feeling beautiful. Like I had a really good session. Um, my legs just like blew up with blood, and it was really obvious that I was using them. Like it was really nice session, um, and so there we're progressing as well. Like we have a path there. Like I started just like with the regressions that you see on on the program. You put your leg up and then you keep your leg lower to the point where the legs are, you know, um, on the same level. And then you start adding weight to it. So w- w- there is progressions in something like a, like a, like a movement program like this. And there is progressions in um, bodybuilding, let's say. But what do you think uh, is the difference between progressions in this realm versus progressions in jiu-jitsu? How does, how does it change things when it becomes jiu-jitsu? What makes... What's unique about the jiu-jitsu experience that you don't really get from putting your heart and soul into like the strength and conditioning program? Or, Hope that yeah, makes sense. it totally makes sense. It's a really good question. Um, I think you can unpack this for hours um, if you really want to. It's good to explore. Um, well, we're here, Danny boy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... If we're doing strength and conditioning, it's almost it's almost linear, and I think more of jiu-jitsu as a three D thing. Um, you can you can make you can kind of simulate a three D environment with strength and conditioning, but it's not the same. I, I I feel like let's say I'm doing a Cossack squat, we're focusing on activating certain muscle groups, but it's you're always looking for that perfect rep, right? It's just one movement, and I suppose you can, if we're talking about strength and conditioning, not really movement. Um, we're looking for that one perfect rep, and in jujitsu, there's it's always changing and always evolving in every direction. So you're always going to have to, I guess, be adaptable. And I don't feel like strength and conditioning is exactly the same 
in that way. It's a little bit hard to quantify. You know? Mm-hmm. What's, what do you feel? Um, I think you raise it like such a good point with regards to things being linear <laughs> and then 3D. And that it'd be nice for you to elaborate on that. Um, well, what do you mean by that? What's what's linear? What's 3D? I think what I meant by linear is like almost, it's hard to say the world is two-dimensional in strength and conditioning because of course you can you can do things to to make to simulate a 3D environment. Like, let's say you're removing jiu-jitsu. Let's say you want to train for the NFL, uh, right? Um, and be ready for that. There's going to be ways you can implement a strength and conditioning program to support the environment that you are in. Um, but it's never going to be the same. You have to do the sport that you're in to, to get better at it. Um, it's just the strength and conditioning program itself is designed to supplement it and keep you strong for it. But it's never going to be as, I'm just going to use the word three-dimensional. Um, and I suppose what that means is it's more uh, more an evolving, uh, chaotic place than a strength and conditioning environment. And the strength and conditioning environment is a little bit more set. You are doing things a certain way to support the movements that you'll be doing in a chaotic place. So in jiu-jitsu, everything's always chaotic. There's, you're trying to remove chaos with your technique um, or create it. You can do both. But it's never going to be stagnant, never going to be set. Uh, and I think that's a little it's hard to emulate with strength and conditioning because it is so unpredictable. <laughs> What do you think? That's so interesting. I love that so much. Um, I think it's it's a big uh, distinction that we have to make there, right? Because what it sounds like is, sure, you can be on a BOSU ball and the things are unpredictable. Is it going to go left? Is it going to go right? But there's always like a range of parameters. Like there's, it's only going to go a certain way, you know, in a circle. Um, you can fall left, right, back, front, like, you know, um, and so with jiu-jitsu, the difference I feel here is that there is an opponent. And the opponent, you don't know how they're going to act. And they, they have um, uh, an un- almost unlimited number of ways they can move, number of thoughts they can have at any one time. Um, and so you're not getting the same feedback. You're not, and that, that feedback isn't predictable. Whereas, you know, like if with the ATG split squat, you're holding the five kilo weight, it's going to be five kilos. It's going to be held the way you're holding it. You know, like you're in control of the weight, hopefully, for the most part, um, when you're doing that. Whereas when we're grappling, I'm not, I don't know what you're going to do. You might jump left, you might jump right. Um, and it's my job, I guess, to, to, um, slowly, pre- you know, like predict where you're going to go and set traps, you know, so where I can um, have an answer to X number of responses you'd have. 
But even then, you know, like you might move in a way that I hadn't predicted before. And then boom, we start like things become chaos again. And there, there we go. We find another little position where I'm trying to keep order or I'm trying to get from the chaos. I'm trying to create order in my, like in my own jiu-jitsu and you're trying to do the same thing with yourself. So there's this really um, interesting concept um, that I learned from uh, my Feldenkrais teachers and it's called uh, biotensegrity. And it's, they discuss like different ways of using your body and different like um, structures. And so for example, when you think about the body, a lot of the times you think about, you know, the body starting from the ground up and it is like from, you know, you know, you have feet, you have, uh, you have toes and you have, you know, arches and then you have, you know, your ankle and then your knees and then, you know, or everything coming from the, or everything that represents your, your body. Now, a lot of the times you think things are like blocks, block one on top of block two on top of block three on top of block four, you know, but um, what biotensegrity offers is uh, this idea of everything kind of being um, affected by any, like by movement in any other part of the structure. So in a movement in one part will affect movement in the other part because all the parts are interconnected, yeah. you know? So, um, and so in that way you have like so many different, the, 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 the options are now exponential. It's not just a, B, C, D it's a, that can work into any number of those, which can work into any number of those, you know, and, um, the, 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 the options have become almost endless. So, um, I think when it comes, that's the difference between the opponent being a human being with their own consciousness and their own kind of decision-making processes and skills and, you know, strengths and weaknesses and something like a weight, which is just always going to be a thing like a weight. Um, and I think that's very interesting, man, because that's something that Jiu-Jitsu kind of um, offers that nothing else really does. And so how do you... How have you um, learned about adapting to this? Like within, you said you've been doing jiu-jitsu for four years. How have you gotten better at adapting to what's unpredictable um, on the mat? I think this has been touched on in some previous podcasts you've done. Um, I, I, being uncomfortable in and putting yourself in uncomfortable places um, is always a good start, if, if I'm honest. Um, mm. But also, I, I'm very, I'm very self-critical of everything that I do, and I, that can sometimes work in your favour and sometimes not. But I try and always see it in a good light. Um, and I think I over, I, I like to analyse everything I've done as I'm doing it, I suppose, uh, which kind of helps me understand where I've done something right or done something wrong. And your question is a little bit hard to answer. It's incredibly personal in some way. Like it's more of a felt thing than something I can describe because it's like, it's kind of like surfing. I can't surf for shit, but 
I would say it's kind of like surfing or like holding a cup of water on a balancing board and trying not to spill the water. Not really something you can see. It's just like something you have to feel over time and develop. Um, and, you know. Yes, I guess like it becomes there's skills right you've de- you're developing skills 100 percent. it takes um like it, when i first like, started jujitsu I, I think phil described me as a baby giraffe right? <laughs> and i would fully agree with that sentence <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't i feel like i've got some legs a little bit now um and it's taken time to kind of develop those legs. And I, I spent a lot of time on the mats, at least, you know, outside of lockdown, trying to develop that. Um, just grappling and watching technique and watching other people use their techniques in the gym, also online, you know. Watching people grapple is really interesting. Um, no. Just putting yourself in the fire almost. And that's something that I'd like to discuss too because that's something that's been missing missing from my journey a little bit is really putting myself in the fire, you know, trying trying to uh, work your technique in a situation where you're not entirely comfortable, like competing or uh, with people you don't know. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. And um I, I think that's a big part of it because you said that you, you wanna you love analyzing the things that you do and the decisions that you make. Um and through that lens you're like self critical. Um so when you're in the fire and you will be pressured into making decisions and some of them won't be the most optimal decisions. Um, that's a chance to be self-critical because you need that that feedback in order to refine it and make those decisions better, right? So, um, it's interesting. Have you have you had any? Um, I know, I know, but tell people like have what kind of competition have experience have you had so far? Um- Competition-wise, I've only ever done one competition. Um, since then, unfortunately, uh, I've experienced a few injuries that have made me um, not want to uh, compete out of fear of re-injury. Uh, I won't. I have unfortunately had my arm uh, snapped um, <laughs> um, by accident, um, and. Since then, they're not snapped, but you know, tore my ligament in my elbow, and it's been it was problematic for about three years. Fortunately, it's good now. But that one competition experience that I had um, was intense. Uh, it was six months after starting jujitsu, and I thought I was uh, ready, you know, to to give it a go. Uh, I had eight fights that day, uh, four gi, four no gi. Um, at the end of the first one, uh, I had this intense adrenaline dump. 
uh, couldn't think clearly anymore, couldn't <laughs> breathe. Um, by the end of the third one, I was like in the bucket. I wasn't vomiting, but like I was, I was in the bucket and I was all pale. Uh, I jumped a on the pale. fourth one and uh, I lost the fourth one. I think I won half my fights that day. I didn't get any submissions, but uh, I think I won half and lost half. Um, my memory serves correctly. Um, the the no gi was more fun than the gi. I felt like uh, I had a little bit of time to um, to rest in between. There was about two hours between the gi and no gi, so I rested and I was a little bit. I was feeling better about it and I was less nervous. Uh, no gi, even though the didn't go my way, it still felt like a lot better and I was more comfortable. Um, I think that's that's kind of interesting because um, I guess the, the more you do something, the more comfortable you get. This is the reason why I think you need to put yourself through something like a competition. You don't have to, it, it depends on your goals, but I want to put myself through this more and more just so I can walk into that kind of situation and be calm, be comfortable, not be nervous, not control that adrenaline dump and move free of any uh, constraints. You know, when you're nervous and full of adrenaline, I think you lock up and your body is tight and you can't move well. And yeah, I don't don't really want to feel like that when I'm doing jiu-jitsu. I want to be free and move well and uh, be clear-minded so I can react well to the situation that's in front of me. Yeah, and then, like, I guess if you think about, um, like, an actual fight, it's like that adrenaline dump will happen as well because you're simulating a similar situation and whilst the person in the grappling industries tournament against you won't come in with a bottle or, you know, won't come looking for your eyeballs or, you know, like it, you kind of know what's happening, but at the same time, your body perceives it as this is war. Like we're going to, we're going to fight right now and sure it's within the rules, but your body, like it's a, it's a fight or flight. And um, that response is well and truly kicked in. So um, having gone through it and, you know, whether you won half of them and got the submissions going through that fire, um, what did it teach you? And even like, I guess hindsight's 2020, like 2020, and it's nice looking back, but looking back on that and, you know, like how did it help you, um, further along your journey? Uh, I think it always humbles you. Um, after the fact, um, makes you understand your holes a little bit better. Like you get put on your back in an uncomfortable spot. You're always like, how the fuck did I get here? <laughs> you know, um, I want to get out of this. I want to get better at doing this. Um, mm -hmm. so when you get back to the gym, maybe it's not that easy to analyze what happened in the fight, but. Um, you do want to get better in the situations you were put in, and I, if there was something specifically that went wrong, like I think I got Ezekiel choked um, from the mount, and I had no idea really what that 
that was because I hadn't been doing jujitsu for that long. Um, so mm-hmm. this is something that you can fix up relatively quick once it's happened to you. You're like, okay, I got Ezekiel choked. How can I defend this? And you know, just you're putting it together piece by piece and. I guess in competition, you're always getting different looks under different circumstances. So you might encounter things you've never seen before under a different level of intensity that you're not used to. And to put yourself in that situation will really open your eyes to what the possibilities are for, I guess, maybe someone who's really athletic and strong, just pressuring you. Or someone who's super technical, maybe better than you, and has a different look that you've never seen before. Um, you know, these are things that you can see, things that you can feel, and things that you can work on when you come back to the gym. Uh, and I think it's really important to do because closing yourself in an environment is never good for your personal growth. That makes sense. That's awesome. So I guess from that. From that, you uh, you were given lots of data points to to go back and work on, and you know you and your analytical brain like it's just perfect food for thought, you know. So um, and I think just like on experience as well, um, that there's no better lesson than getting Ezekiel choked in a competition to know what the Ezekiel choke is. So post that match, you know exactly what an Ezekiel choke is and. You know, you're always going to be looking out for that now as well. And like you're perfectly aware, whereas sometimes, for example, in training, when there's less pressure on you, when there's less um, significance on a grapple, let's say, um, and you get choked, sometimes you might even just ignore it or you might not really give it too much thought um, going forward because it's not as important um, to you. So um, that's awesome. I'll tell you what I saw. Oh, that's I, I was there, I was with you, like, you know, um, through all the matches and screaming out and um, trying to, you know, cheer you on and counsel you and pick you up off the floor and, like, give you CPR if you when you're about to die. And <laughs> um, But what I saw you do, like, there was, after the first one, I, that was a very evident adrenaline dump and you could hardly walk. You're like a corpse, just like... <laughs> Were you dehydrated a little bit as well before that? I was overhydrated, overeaten, and underweight for my category. Yeah, Yeah. nothing Um, was in my brain. You know what I saw was, man, you looked on the verge of like you know like passing out numerous times, Um, and some part of my brain was like, look, if he's gonna pass out, like maybe we should just you know take the you know the pressure off him a little bit, but. You went, you went into it again, you know, like you were on the verge of, like you finished the match on the verge of death and they said, Danny Walmart coming up. And then I remember the look you gave the guy, like, there's no way in hell I'm going to go for another match. Are you kidding me? But like, come on, Danny, it's all right, man. You can do it. Just breathe. Make sure you're breathing. And you, and you look at us and you're like, fuck, all right, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And you go out and you try again, you know, and um, that was the first ever competition you've had. So you get better at that experience. You know, the more you see it, the more your body feels um, that pressure, the, the better you're able to adapt and evolve, especially when you are analytical, you know, as you were saying before, like that's what you love about doing this art. You know, it's, it's to go back and think about how you can make yourself better. So 
um, for sure, I think you got better on the day. But and I also think like a big lesson for you that day was um, just learning that you can fucking like you can do it. You can hang in there um, and you can rise even when you're really tired. You know, you put yourself on the brink and you kept coming back. Um, and I think that's a massive lesson. Um, just this ability to endure, you know, and come back um, and not just immediately give up when the going gets tough. I think that's huge. And I don't think you need to um, be in a competition to get that. I think we get that in different doses on the mats every sure. day. Um, you've grappled with some people, you know, that um, like from different academies and that's a very different intensity than grappling with your like really good mates in yeah. the dojo as well. So um, I, I think generally speaking, that's jiu-jitsu just forces you into that situation where you, it's just throwing adversity at you all the time. And it's giving you, hopefully it's giving you like measured doses of adversity so that you can continue to overcome them, you know, just like a, just like a, a vaccine, you know, it gives you a little bit and you can overcome it and it makes you feel like it makes you stronger mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah, you, you know, like no, no, no V talks. I'm sorry. I took it there, but you know, just, that's just the nature of, Everything, you know, like the ATG split squat, you, you learn how to do the split squat, you learn the technique, you know, you keep your leg raised and then you, you know, just as we said before, like the steps, then you start adding weight and one kilo and five kilos and 10 kilos. And before you know it, you're like an ATG split squat champion, you know, and um, that seems to be life, um, man. Like that's what I feel. I feel this because um, as you know, I, I, Traveled the world doing a bit of jujitsu and, you know, for general travel. Um, but I went and trained everywhere I went. Um, I went to about 30, 40 schools all over. And the vibe was whenever uh, a tall, big blue belt comes into the gym, everyone wants to test themselves. And so I, every role that I had was not every role, but a lot of them were quite intense. Um, and I think the biggest, uh, jump in terms of my progression was just having those grapples for a year, um, going to different schools and feeling, getting different looks, different intensities, um, and just grappling with strangers constantly. It's always a trial by fire every time you go into a new school because there's always one guy who is competing who wants to test himself against you, you know? So it was really fun, um, especially in Brazil. Yeah, really fun to just, like, have these guys come up to you and exchange some jujitsu try and choke each other out and I think it was a huge development development in my uh, mental strength for jiu-jitsu as well as in my jiu-jitsu uh, I felt very different when I came home it's almost like competing but just, uh, a little bit more chill <laughs> making friends while you do it you know? uh, yeah okay so, so you, you kind of 
yeah, you, you put your jiu-jitsu to the test. And as you said, you grappled with strangers and you grappled in different environments that you weren't aware of and you might have competed overseas or, you know, what, like what have you. And, um, and then you come back and it's like, whoa, I've come. It's just you've experienced different things and every experience gets you stronger, you know, and builds more resilience for you. Um, you talk about, I'm sure that, you know, we've spoken before about the intense grapples that you get, um, especially in Brazil and where we went for the Pedro Sauer camp and um, just that environment breeds. There's a lot of technique there and there's also a lot of um, willpower and a lot of ego, you know, sometimes. And that's always that's the case um, a lot of the time. Tell me, like, how do you distinguish between training hard what are your preferences between training hard you know and or um working on your technique is that something that you think about with regards to you know like how much intensity you want to give for every session you know um how do you how do you structure your training to know that you're um learning and at the same time challenging yourself enough this is coming from a uh, a fresh purple belt. Uh, is my voice uh, a little bit crackly to you? To you, because yours was just there. Uh, I'll answer the question. I heard it. It's just, uh, yeah. It's okay. A little bit, but you also you've also got some wind there, Danny boy. So maybe turn it turn the phone around a little bit. All right. All right. Um, how's that now? It's better. Yeah, it seems better. Keep going. Um, so your question was, how do I structure my training in regards to maybe like hard training or uh, focus on focusing on technique and um, being more playful? Is that the question? Yeah. Um, and how do I think about it? Okay. So suppose uh, I, I think it's important to do both. Um and you can kind of feel that out. I just take one roll at a time, to be honest. I just, uh, it's, I used to get a little bit bothered when in the gym when people would always try and like put pressure on and uh, go for a hard grapple. But after a few talks with you, my mindset's changed on that a little bit. Um, I like to now take every roll uh, as it comes and just adapt to every intensity that someone gives me. Um, so if someone wants to be more playful, I'll try my best to go along with that. Um, it's not always successful. You know, sometimes maybe you want to have a hard grapple and it's just your body goes want through that. And it's just not something you can control in that moment. Things change, you know, things evolve in a grapple. Maybe you start slow and then it picks up and you go fast, you know, and more intense um but yeah i think like you need to do both and the best way that i've found most recently before the lockdown was just to kind of feel what the person wants and then just go with that um and try and make your jujitsu as efficient mm -hmm. as possible in the context of the current circumstance um whatever that is and that that's the I think that's for me the best way to train um, because uh, you're getting used to just um, whatever the person gives you. Um, I think that's the 
best way you can train and use your jiu-jitsu is constantly adapting to whatever the person in front of you gives you the energy that they're providing like if they're pushing uh you should feel how they're pushing and adapt to that and you know you don't want to resist somebody you always want to go where they kind of want to go I think asking someone to play when they don't want to play is not going to work. So why why go for, you know, just uh, take what they give and you can play with their aggression, you know. It's fun. That's kind of how I see it now. And That's yeah. Really, that's cool. That, that's really cool. It sounds like on it with regards to the first option where you know you like to you like to train like this um i just want this then you're kind of um uh, controlling what's coming at you whereas if we go by the jiu-jitsu premise of you're not in control of the other person you're only in control of yourself and you can only work with what's coming at you then you don't know what's going to come at you so being prepared for every potential variable um is important is this person going to come at me with a brick are they going to come at me you know like just and go ham all over me are they gonna you know who knows but i think it's very important that you have to be ready for everything as you know you hit the nail on the head um for every for every situation you know because um if we get too used to playing then we don't we like it's like a spectrum right so from being playful to like a super intense grapple um, and if we only go, um, if we're only on one side and we're only used to one side, then we have to be ready for anything and everything, um, along that said, um, spectrum. So that's really cool. And I think you're going to learn a lot like that as well. Like that's, that's how we get to the learning part of things. Um, on that note, what did you get? what did you get from, um, from your travels? Like, where'd you go? Uh, so... Uh, what kind of jitsu experiences did you have? Yeah. How'd that make you better? It, it was cool, man. Um, I went to about 12 countries uh, over the world in a space of like 11 months. And Pedro yeah, I went camp. to Pedro Camp, Greece Camp with Phil. And What's that all uh, about? Pedro Camp or Greece Camp? Can you hear me? Hello. Greece camp. I remember. Oh, Greece camp. Are we, are we, I'm are here. We, I'm reminiscing about Lefkava camp. And there's probably going to be another one on, people. Let's say. Um, no, we're good. And I'm just talking about the Lefkava Greece camp and how awesome it's it is. Okay. And giving Phil some free advertising over here you while your internet connection gets yeah. better. I don't know what happened. I think we just lost each other a little bit, but um, um, yes, I think we're lagging about twenty seconds behind each other. <laughs> um, are we? Hopefully, right. we're back. Tell we're me better. when you hear this one. We back. Like, click your click we're your back. fingers when you hear me. All right, cool. We're not too far behind then. We're All good, right. man. Um, no, we're not. Yeah, so keep going. We are. We don't. Um, tell me about tell me about Pedro Sal camp and tell me about Greece camp and how did you get better with these uh, experiences? Greece camp was first, so um, 
first like we we all met um in in Athens and we got the bus to uh Lefkada with Phil, all the Melbourne guys, a couple of Sydney crew. You were a bit late. Um and man, I've gotta tell you it was the the most beautiful experience. I think it was the my favorite thing that happened the entire year that I was away, just to catch up with all the boys and see some friendly faces, you know, see my friends, train with them. Oh man, Lafcada is so beautiful as well. Holy shit. The food, like even if you just don't want to do jujitsu, go to Greece camp just for the food and the sun and the beach. That was fucking awesome. Um, but in terms of jujitsu, uh, we train twice a day um, and just like lots of good knowledge was shared, field teaching, Cam, Thiago. Um, and yeah, you, you get a look, you get, you get a, you get to see, um, some new things, uh, from new people, but you're also training with people you don't usually train with. Um, I, I think just training twice a day, every day is going to make you better, you know, regardless, um, but if you go there with a mindset of learning, you're obviously going mm-hmm. to uh, pick up more because you're you're looking at everything. You're trying to uh, implement it. Um, but yeah, being in the Greece camp environment's awesome because you just love it. Yeah. Hey, anyway. Yes. Hello. Keep going, oh, man. Good. Sorry. Um, yeah, if you're in yes. that environment, you know, just sun, good food, good people, good training. You're having fun, um, training with your friends, learning some good technique. Uh, I think you you can't go wrong with that. And I think like my jujitsu improved immensely just in the ten days that I was there. Um. And I went on from Greece to go to uh, Morocco and then Brazil. So I basically had back-to-back 10-day camps, you know. I went from uh, learning with Phil, Thiago, uh, Cam, self, to going to train with Professor uh, and some of Professor's students, uh, like Dave Porter, James Finito. Yeah, it's just insane. Uh, Brazil camp is something else. So the uh, the body soreness was absolutely insane. But you, you tr- you're three times a day on the mats, um, morning, lunch, afternoon, and you can free train in between. And you got Professor there sharing the best jiu-jitsu on earth. And can't go wrong uh, you, you kind of come out of that better no matter what you do uh, black belts everywhere going to my my tar training in rio training in petropolis you know yeah just so many so many good vibes. I, I, so I love it we miss it so much um miss those travels miss the um just the opportunity 
to experience different people's jiu-jitsu from around the world. We haven't had many seminars. We haven't had Professor over now for a couple of years. Um, but we'll be back. We'll be back, Danny, that's yeah. for sure. Danny Boy, thanks so much, man. I just want to say thanks for um, – it was a beautiful chat. I hope um, everyone enjoyed. hope the audio quality wasn't too bad. Um, man, we'll see you on the flip side, all right? Um, stay cool. Keep working out. Keep working hard. Well, we're pretty much there, and the audio is not the best, so I think we'll best call it. Three um the yeah man thanks for the chat john that was great i just any any parting thoughts for the crew miss you all i can't wait to be back on the mats with the um all you people um yeah as soon as this is over i'll see you all and uh can't wait to train with you thank you john us everybody thanks Thanks, danny boy see you soon cheers